talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. And hi, guys, and welcome Hello. to Tuesday, and welcome to Fight Club. Hey there, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Doing great. Good morning. Awesome. Doing awesome. good. Good morning. <laughs> well, welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, system, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we're joined this week by our guest, Tonya Burke. I'm super excited to have you on, Tonya, and... Can you just give the listeners just a brief rundown about yourself and your background and your businesses? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited about the upcoming event in Nashville. And uh, so I've been pretty much a lifetimer of sales and marketing my entire career. And in a nutshell, my husband and I started an exterior cleaning business about 13, 14 years ago. I, uh, we made that scary jump to kind of put all of our eggs in one basket, if you will. So my primary function in, in the beginning was to secure business, to go out and get commercial. We really wanted to ramp up in the uh, commercial arena. So that's what I focused on. And then eventually, uh, was very blessed and that kind of morphed into learning how to run the the back end, if you will, of the operation with the office and business end of things. Um, We recently sold our business. It was spray wash exterior cleaning and we sold to a larger national entity. So we're very excited about that. And Mm. so we're off on a new, new venture and we are opening the first power wash store franchise in Florida. So really shifting gears and learning. It's a, very much a different um, animal there and just uh, trying to learn the new processes. You know, we're real excited. So, Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I'm, I picked up on a couple of things that I definitely want to chat with you. And I'm sure the other ladies do want to chat with you about today. Um, but for anyone who's just joining the first time, this, uh, my name, there we go, is Taylor Maroney. <laughs> I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband called Pure Power Washing. Um, My background also is in marketing, and I found a passion in that background for helping business owners understand the numbers behind their marketing and how to make better decisions based upon those numbers. So that way they're not kind of looking at numbers and not really knowing what it is and thinking it's Chinese. So that's my background. That's what I love to do. Super excited to say welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Awesome. And my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online, where I like to show people how to understand how much money they're making, how much money they're spending, and where they're spending it. I do that through a signature course where I teach people how to use QuickBooks Online in their home service business. I also own Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm where you can outsource those nasty bookkeeping tasks to me and my team. And I am the co-owner of Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters, a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company based out of Northern California. And I'm excited to be here on this Tuesday. And good morning, everybody. I'm Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars, and I'm in California, and it is oh dark thirty out here. Hello. <laughs> I don't know how I you almost do it, said everybody. that, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna let them be incognito. Martha is no. also in California, and I it's just want to point out that 7 a.m. is early to be on camera. It's early. It's absolutely is early. Um, I co-own a, an admin services company where we place 
customer service reps or customer service rock stars or office managers in your home service business working remotely all over the country. And I am thrilled to have you on, Tanya, because I want to learn you. all about sales and how you managed to build something so large that you sold it and then pivoted to something new. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, and welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. <laughs> Love the group. And lastly, my name is Martha Woodward. Uh, former owner of a maid service for, I think, 13 years. And uh, I'm co-founder of Quality Driven Software. And everything I do is about helping people build happier workplaces. So welcome to Fight Club, Tanya. Thanks Thank for being you. our guest. Yes. And, uh, up with all our different locations. So anyway, welcome and take, take it away. Awesome. So um I am really intrigued, Tanya, to talk about, we talk about marketing a lot on the show and mm -hmm. marketing is great. It's the fun, sexy thing that as Megan always refers to it when it comes yes. to business. And with, with that comes responsibility. So with a fun, sexy marketing plan, you do have the responsibility of making those sales when they do come in. So I think mm -hmm. that's a piece that a lot of business owners tend to kind of neglect and forget about. Because if you're you're running this awesome, sexy marketing plan, it's going fantastic. You're getting these leads coming in. They don't normally have, when I worked at marketing companies, they don't normally have a process set in place to make sure they're actually capturing those leads. So sure. this episode, I really want to talk to you about that process because they go hand in hand. In order for a marketing uh, plan and budget and you know, system to be successful, it has to have a good sales process as well. And they Absolutely. work hand in hand together. So what would be your, you know, your number one recommendation for someone who just launched a marketing plan and maybe doesn't have a full sales process yet? Well, it is a multi-stage, you know, from, from, I call it from cradle to grave or, you know, from the inception, you know, um, so, you know, so much of it, what I've always been very big on, you know, over the years, I used to manage salespeople. I had a strong telemarketing background with AAA Auto Club. I don't know if you've heard of that, but, oh, yes. you know, really um, just building that rapport, building that trust. You know, it's so much more than just shooting out an estimate. Obviously, the estimate process is very important. It's a very important tool. However, um, just listening to the customer, you know, I feel like, you know, I've been contacted before by some, by a salesperson. And to me, they're not really listening to me. They're just really wanting to talk about them and their product and how awesome and wonderful it is. And it probably is granted. However, if, if I'm not listening to my client to know what their issues are, you know, what issues they've had in the past, maybe with other vendors, um, what are their major concerns and issues? Um, you know, what is important to you? You know, how can I help you make this a success for you and your business? How can I be accommodating? And then I would say the other thing uh, that's very important is being very respectful of time. You know, we're, we're all business people and we have a certain amount of time every day. And um, 
I'm very, very respectful, you know, of that time. And I'll just give a real brief story on that. So um, this happened a few, quite a few years ago. So we were, we were ramping up and wanting to um, offer more benefits to our employees at the time. So we were really excited and we were looking to launch a 401k and retirement program and, and this sort of thing. And I really was, that was definitely on my radar. And lo and behold, I got a call from a lady who was offering that type of service. And I was running out the door. I was very busy. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you called. I would love to talk to you. I'm very interested. However, right now, I, I can't talk. You know, I'm running out. I just don't have time. Can we get back together? The correct response would have been, oh, absolutely, and just hurry up and get off the phone and respect that. But instead, you know, she was like, well, just give me a couple of minutes and let me just tell you a little bit. And I'm like, you don't understand, you know, I, I don't have time. So um, I, that, I'm always very cautious of that, um, just to be very respectful of time and make sure that, you know, they're letting me into their world, so to speak. And I want to do that in a respectful manner and then also talk to them and, and not just talk to talk, but ask questions to truly listen to the response. You know, oh, I love this. Okay. Did you, Did you, buy, from Did oh, you buy from her, Tanya? No, I, I would not. I didn't speak yeah. to her again, actually, because, you know, we right. were not on the same wavelength. Right. You know, right. It's kind of like uh, if someone calls in for an estimate, for instance, some folks are wanting to talk about it and talk about the process. They want to know about my solution that I'm using. They want to know about my process. They're interested, you know, and I'm going to share that with them. But I'm going to be very receptive of their stance in the conversation. And, you know, if someone calls in and says, Blah, 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 blah. You know, they're real fast. They're they're busy. They don't want to be kept up on the phone. Then I'm going to kind of mirror them, if you will. That's kind of an old sales term, you know, but just kind of mirror the client and get try to get on, on their wavelength, so to speak, so that you're communicating. You know, if if they're in a hurry and I'm so worried about giving my sales pitch, for lack of a better term, that's not going to be perceived well for them. They're not going to hear what I'm saying. They're not going to be receptive to it, you know, so. Absolutely. And I love how you talked about the feelings. Um, we don't talk about the feelings enough, I feel like, when it comes to marketing and sales. Um, but that is such an important piece. And we actually ran into this yesterday on a job, or I should say an estimate, excuse me, I, you know, spoke to the gentleman on the phone. He was really discouraged. And I could tell that from the beginning. You could hear it in his voice. He was just kind of something had happened that did not go well. Couldn't, didn't know what at the moment. Um, then he immediately went into, well, I had someone come out today and they just told me they couldn't do the job. So once I heard that, it was a, I'm so sorry to hear that. What happened? Can you give me a little bit of detail as to why they said they could not do it? Well, it turned out that he had a really amazing custom hand printed or hand painted driveway. And he was worried about the soft washing on hit, coming down off the roof and then hitting the painted driveway. Mm -hmm. The initial team that went out there from a different company said, yeah, no, we're just not doing it. Didn't take the time to really listen to him and come up and problem solve a solution. So when I sent my husband out to do the estimate, he spent probably about 20 minutes there with that client, 
figuring out a way that we can help solve his problem. Because at the end of the day, as service business owners, that's what we are doing. We are helping to solve a problem for these clients and make them, you know, happier and living a happier, cleaner, healthier life in whichever service you may be working in. So that emotion and tapping into that emotion and making sure you understand their why as a customer is very important. And I think that's kind of what you're discussing, you know, in a, in a nutshell is what is that customer's why, why do they need us to come out and how can we help and serve them to, you know, find the solution to that? Why? That's exactly right. I completely agree. If we don't know what it is, you know, um, I met with a client, um, well, they've been a client for a while now, but we were talking and I was asking him, you know, finding what his concerns, what his needs are, you know, and he really didn't, he wasn't concerned with our, our process, our solution, you know, all of that's wonderful. It's great. It's needed. It's very important. Um, but they had actually had a, um, a slip and fall from some surfaces that had been left wet and it was in cold weather and we're in North Florida. So that can, you know, turn into kind of like a sleet type surface very quickly. And so his main hot point was, I want to know what you're going to do, you know, to uh, take care of our, the work site, you know, the job site and to keep it safe, you know, which we do all of that on a daily, you know, we do cleanings at the hospital on a weekly basis and, and, you know, all types of public spaces. And so with that comes along the responsibility of making sure that you're taking care of those spaces and, and all the pedestrian traffic and and that sort of thing. So, you know, I really needed to get across to him, you know, what we do, what our process is and how we handle that and our experience in doing so. And, And that was it for him, you know, and that's what he needed to address with me. But in that's why, you know, if we're listening, that's, that's the important part, you know, just I, couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Well, I'm going to wrap up real quick and just do a summary of uh, what Tanya and I discussed. Basically, what we're discussing is find your customers why. Make sure you understand where they're coming from. And please, for the love of God, do not talk about how much PSI your pressure washer runs because no customer actually cares about that. I can speak on that from the pressure washing world. <laughs> that's, true. that's my world. That's what I live in. I don't have my husband talk about that. No client actually cares. They don't understand it. They need to know how you're fixing their problem. So I will kind of go ahead and pass you off to Megan, Tanya, after I get off my little soapbox here. (laughs) And you guys can talk about money. Money. All right. Sorry, I was tight. I'm the note taker and I got cut off. Don't post the client one. I I don't know where that came from. I. I'm going to finish this up though, which was clients uh, don't care about features, right? They care about feelings. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's what Paige just said. They okay. do. Yeah, absolutely. Don't care about how much PSI your pressure washer is pushing out. I hear it way too often. <laughs> okay. Now I'm done taking notes and I'm ready to focus. I, I think I want to just, can I not talk about money today, guys? Is that allowed? Can I just talk about feelings or something? I feel like I would, okay, we're going to talk about, I don't care what they say. I want to talk about feelings. I hit this all the time where my customer service rock stars will say, I don't do sales or I don't like sales or yeah, that's not what I was hired for. I don't want to talk about sales. 
And I, I feel like I, as an owner, I have this hurdle where I have to coach them and say, everybody does sales. And we're selling ourselves all day, every day, right? And as the voice and the face and the smile of my company, you are my best salesperson. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are listening out there that might say, uh, no, I have salespeople for that. And I'll say, that's great. But you still have somebody who's hopefully friendly, answering the phone, greeting that customer for the first time, being the first impression, interacting in the emails. And and what I've struggled with, and I, I actually just lost a customer service rock star of over five years. And I think it came down to the sticking point of, I hate sales. I don't want to do sales. That's not what I was hired for. Sales are icky. So can we talk right. a little bit about mindset and feelings around sales, especially when we're when we're looking at it from this admin perspective? And I'm going to take a quick pause here for our quick commercial that uh, Tanya is going to be joining us for the Rockstar Admin Training next month in Nashville. And that training is going to be brought from brought to you from the five of us. And we're going to be talking about different areas about business of how to elevate and bring up your admin in your company, bring systems back to your company and really change the course of that customer experience because you've invested in your admin. So we're all hitting this admin perspective today because we're working together uh, to put together this really awesome training for our CSRs. So um, can we talk about feelings, Tanya? Is that okay? Let's do it. Yes. Okay. Let's yes. Do it. All right. So how do you how do you overcome this hurdle when somebody says, I don't like sales or I don't do sales? You know, sales I think sales is, can be such an intimidating thing. You know, um, and especially, for instance, going out doing a cold call, you know, I'm kind of a weirdo in that respect. I love it. It's like my adrenaline, you know, <laughs> just it's kind of the challenge of it. But I get that, you know, that's that's not for any, everyone and it can be quite intimidating. Um, I think that a big part of the solution is just slowing down. It's just about, again, listening to the client, being responsive, being professional. You know, um, I never end a phone call without saying I appreciate the, the opportunity to earn your business, you know, just the opportunity to earn your business. Um, and, you know, if you have a person in the office that is not really digging the whole sales aspect, it's not to me. It, it's just more about going through a process of gathering information while be while being very professional and that's what that's what folks want you know just a lot of people that call in you know they're just wanting responsiveness they're wanting someone to return their phone call in a timely manner they're wanting someone to to listen to their needs and take that down and uh depending on what process you're following it my husband ray and i you know we've worked together since the beginning you know with our business um which has been a lot of feelings, you know, with that, trying to learn how to work with your spouse. But um, I would joke with him and I would say, like, if it was a commercial project and I would gather the information. Um, oftentimes, it didn't the process didn't always go in this fashion. But let's say that it's a project that he really needs to go out and lay eyes on and, and walk the project. Like, it's a really big project with the boom lifts and, you know, that sort of thing, like a high rise building. And... I would do my best to to build the rapport with that person before he ever even steps foot on the job site. So we used to have this thing where I would joke with him and I'm like, 
here's the paperwork, here's the, the estimate form with the scope of work and so forth. And I said, um, basically just, you know, go take the order because it's already sold. You know, we would laugh about that, you know, because we used to have like a pseudo little contest, you know, like he's going to get the most sales this week. But so a lot of it is just, you know, gathering information, listening. And again, and like you said, just meeting the needs, you know, um, I know in our market, it's the level of service isn't there. I, I kind of noticed that across the board in many industries. I don't know, you know, if you all have or not, but for me, it's just like, where's the service these days? I feel like it's almost becoming a dying breed. I feel like um, giving that good service and super responsiveness, you're already probably well ahead of the game from your competitors, you know, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about that? Like, it seems like you have some strategies uh, in your head, which I love, about how to build rapport and how to deliver exceptional service. Can you maybe brain dump a few of those with us and share? Like, you sure. mentioned mirroring. You mentioned active listening. Um, the, these are good sales strategies that I don't think are necessarily intuitive. I think these are things that need to be taught and coached and practiced and rehearsed and refined. So if you could just do a little bit of a brain dump with our listeners, I think that they'll find some takeaways that they can even be implementing today. Okay. Um, and, and Not to put on the spot, I, but they're coming out slowly. So I, I'm just trying to tease them out a little bit. Uh, yeah. So effective ways to build rapport. Is that? Sure. Is or that the, not, that's you. But like, um, what are your favorite ways to connect I, with a customer? Like, how do you, how do you tee it up so that when Ray does go out to the job site, it's guaranteed sold? Like, what is what is some of the magic that happens in that phone call? Well, of course, um, you know, again, being respectful of time, being, as you know, personable, asking those questions. And to me, you know, there are so many ways and components to building a rapport. So let's say that that I am out um, taking Ray out of the equation. Let's say, and this is been so typical, you know, for many years, I'm out making cold calls, for instance, or I have a marketing, you know, appointment with someone, you know, um, after that appointment, um, I am going to follow that up with an email. I am going to maybe send some before and after pictures of like projects that we've done. I'm going to do little touches. You know, um, I used to do a sales training called Butterfly Marketing and and it was such a funny name back then. I look back, that was quite a few years ago, probably eight or nine years ago. But, you know, going in and, and training and a lot of technicians and, and um, project managers, you know, on how to be a butterfly. But it is kind of like a butterfly, you know, just little touches here and there. I'm a huge believer in thank you cards. And I know that seems like probably cavewoman kind of stuff in this day and age, but I like it. I like a hand handwritten thank you card. It takes literally a minute, you know, handwrite it, you know, put a stamp, get it in the mail, just touches like that build rapport. Also, one of the best ways to build an excellent rapport, as crazy as it sounds and counterintuitive, is on callbacks and complaints, you know. No one likes that. Um, part of my one, I'm going to do one small segment in Nashville about, you know, are callbacks your friend or are they a foe? You know, usually we all perceive it as this is horrible. This is, you know, crashing and burning. This is terrible. You know, I have an enemy, you know, um, not so much because I can guarantee you a lot of our accounts and clients that we have the strongest 
rapport in our biggest account at some point you know we probably may have started off with with a problem or a negativity or or something that needed follow-up and it's not always a negative sometimes it's just something that once it's explained to them it's really nothing that that we have done or maybe it is something that maybe our guys missed you know for whatever reason doesn't really matter because you show your true um your true mannerisms and professionalisms and how you deal with that um, with the follow-up because I am going to impress you, you know, on that. I'm going to show you that we do stand behind our name. We stand behind our service and no, we are not a hundred percent, you know, perfect a hundred percent of the time, you know, few companies are, uh, but I'm going to show you how we're going to, to uh, react to that. And we're going to make it, we're going to make it perfect for you. We appreciate the opportunity. And then I'm going to keep following up and, you know, until I, my goal is to make you hundred percent happy with your experience. You know, I want you to be a lifetime client. I'm willing to go that extra mile. I'm going to go that extra mile to, to make that happen. So um, I love, I love that. We use uh, quality driven software in our company. And uh, today's episode is sponsored by quality driven software. And we really care about our quality because we feel like we're selling an experience and we may miss the mark sometimes. And the only way we're going to know if we miss the mark is if we get active feedback from our clients. And I, I've never had that mindset shift where I think about those callbacks or when we miss the mark, that's actually an opportunity to gain further trust. Because I, I think that's absolutely true. When we go back out to fix something, our clients are wowed. You know, their expectations are so low that when we actually make it right, they're just completely, you know, they're they're thrilled. So I love that. Is is a callback a friend or a foe? I'm looking forward to your segment. Absolutely. I'm bringing my admin to the training in Nashville. So a lot of my questions are very selfish because I don't know what I don't know. And I'm not a good trainer in some of these areas. So I think it's really fun that the five of us can come together and really play to our strengths. Um, I was taking notes about building rapport and somebody was also taking notes that are better than mine. So uh, if you are listening to this or you're in the car and you're not, able, we, we took notes of those building rapport that Tanya just shared. I think there's some really good takeaways there to make an immediate impact in your business. Um, sure. And I'm going to pass you to Michelle, who I know is drooling because you're you're describing a system here. And so she's going to help you kind of tease that out a little bit further. Yeah. What are the systems that you've built in your company? So thank you very much, Tanya. Thank I can't you. wait to meet you in person next month in Yay. Nashville. I love it. Okay. So a lot of those things that you just covered, both in sales and marketing, and finances, even though we were all in feeling in our feelings today, um, were systems. You were thinking and, and walking people through the ways that you created an experience for your customers. And that's a system. So tell me, um, when we have a callback, what's the system that your business utilized? Obviously, you send the field folks back out, right? But mm -hmm. was there any other additional sort of touches, like you mentioned, from the owner that made that customer feel like that was completely solved at the end. How did that kind of look for your team? How did it go like from start to finish? Yeah, okay. if you don't mind, yeah. Absolutely. I'm huge, huge, huge on follow-up. So every project that we ever did, uh, we may have missed a couple, I don't know. But anyway, it was uh, my <laughs> office manager or myself. I, I kind of um, handled more of the commercial and my office manager would handle, you know, residential. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's a $200 project 
or $15,000 price, it just doesn't matter. Follow up, follow up. You know, I would always follow up the day after. No, I would never send an invoice without follow up. And, you know, it's so true that um, you may not hear if someone is unhappy. And then if they are happy, I want to know both. I really want to hear the, if they're unhappy, you know, if we have an issue because I want to fix it. I yeah. don't want you to walk away from this table with not being completely a hundred percent satisfied and happy with your outcome, because that's, that's what we're here for. You know, unfortunately there are, you know, a few cases, some folks, you know, that's harder to achieve, you know, than mm -hmm. others, but for the most part, um, but anyway, on the, on the callback. So we would have a callback the following day, um, unless we already knew that there was something, you know, maybe if they couldn't do the project due to maybe there were landscapers on site, you know, it's kind of a double booking, you know, then mm -hmm. we would obviously call and, and reschedule that. This is critical. That is where it's so important to have very good full communication with the crews out in the field. Okay. And I have preached that and preached that. And, you know, ask my husband, I can nag the paint off the wall if I need to. And I'm like, we're not an island out there. And Ray used to, even him, my husband, you know, he'll, he even says to this day, he's like, I know I'm not an island. I'm like, if yeah. something happens and you're not calling me and telling, I will come and hunt you down, literally. Like, don't exactly. let me call you down. <laughs> but seriously, you know. Um, so on the, so getting back to the process. So you, you call back and make sure that everyone's happy. Thank them. Golly, we appreciate your business so much. Thank you for this opportunity. You know, if they are really happy, I'm going to hit them up for a Google review. You know, if I'm feeling it, you know, unless Perfect. they're really in a hurry or it doesn't feel like the right time. But and, and that's a whole nother a whole nother thing there. Um, but let's say that we have a callback situation, something in, that they want us to, to take a relook at or mm -hmm. a, a downright complaint, you know? So first, again, listen, I listen completely and thoroughly without interrupting, even if I already know that maybe <laughs> the husband came home in the middle and kicked us off the property or, you know, I'm not, sure. I'm just going to listen. I'm just listening yeah. at this point. I'm going to empathize and say, hey, I, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from and, and I get it. You know, I want them to know I get it and I'm listening. So then we have to move on to the solution process. What, you know, what is the solution? Nine times out of 10, um, we need to come back out and pay another visit, you know, to the property. So mm -hmm. I'm going to schedule that. That goes right back in the lineup. Just that the lineup, that's not a good term. It gets very much prioritized. Okay. okay so they're going sure. to go, that touch up is going right back in the system, just like mm -hmm. we were scheduling for the first time, except for a higher, you know, priority, because we've got to get right, sure. right back out there um, and, and take care of it. And then after it's taken care of, then I'm going to follow up and do that same follow up call again, like we did the day after the cleaning. Right. Mm -hmm. Hi, everything went great, you know, with with your touch up. And I we, we do see where, you know, that just needed that one area needed to be retreated. And hopefully everything's beautiful for you now. You know, please let me know if you have any questions, any concerns. We want you to be very happy. We appreciate your business. Right. So. Yeah. Hopefully by then, you know, we're to a point where, oh, everything's beautiful. Thank you for getting right on it. Thank you for coming back out so quickly. Well, yes, that's what we're here for. You know, uh, we appreciate you. So and just kind of going through going through that uh, 
that process, you know, yeah. kind of okay. finish line. So not to get in the weeds, but this has to do, this is just a question I've always had. Um, is it standard for you to send back the same team that didn't complete the job correctly the first time? Or do you send a different person to have fresh eyes on the project? What's kind of your process internally? You know, typically <laughs> the same, you know, really? ideally, okay. because they're already familiar with the, with the property okay. and, you know, they were just there. Now, uh, if it's something where maybe there are some particular staining, for instance, just pulling this um, as an example, a special type of staining that maybe needs, requires um, some extra expertise, if you will, mm -hmm. or maybe some type of acid process. Typically, what we would do at our with our at our company is Ray would want to go back and look at that personally, you know. Um, and, you know, I would let them know that, you know, we're going to have Ray come out and, you know, this is a special process and we're mm -hmm. going to try another method to see mm -hmm. if this will take care of the problem, and then I'm going to report back to you. So if it doesn't take care of the problem, you know, well, hey, we'll, we'll pull out every tool in the, in the toolbox, but, you know, sometimes it's kind of like getting oil stains up out of concrete, but a lot of that, too, is setting the customer expectation. You know, if, if yeah. we have a lot of staining or just like on a roof, if it's really, really dirty, you know, we're, we might be looking at a couple of process of, you know, cleanings and we have to have some rainfall on the roof or if it's the staining on concrete, it's not going to come completely up. But however, here's what we are going to do to um, to give the best um, results possible. You know, we're going to put down professional grade degreasers. We're going to follow it up with a commercial grade hot wash process. We're going, you know, we will do everything known to man to get the, the most optimal results for you. However, I want you to know at the end of yeah. the day, at best, it's probably only going to lighten the staining, right? Yeah. So we've kind of set that level of expectation. And just like That's the roof, you know, Sure. Yeah. And Ray actually piped in while you were talking and he said, sometimes it's not a real issue at all. Right. And something that just needs to be explained to the customer. That's more exactly clearly. Right. More communication again is what I keep hearing over and over is more right. communication. So um, this is a perfect time to hand, hand you over to uh, Martha and she's going to talk about people and people are the, the way that all of this works. So thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate thank your you. time, Tanya. <laughs> yeah, we had a saying in our office that um, if you tell them about like basically what you can't do or what won't be done prior mm -hmm. to the appointment, that's education. If you tell them after the fact and they're, you know, when they're complaining, then that is just an excuse. That's so, right. And, and that's absolutely the way that the customer hears that. Even sure. if you forgot, you know, oh, I forgot to mention this. And it's truly part of your process that you don't touch certain items or whatever. That just sounds like an excuse. So, yeah. Um, that's right. Um, for sure. Oh, I was just going to interject something real quick. You know, it's okay. funny how this works and how it can kind of snowball, if you will, because um, 
let's say that we're cleaning a full exterior and roof cleaning. And let's say that the, the roof was very, very thick with the gliocaps magma, you know, the algae. And, and we didn't do our due diligence in, in the office um, in following up with the estimate process and scheduling to explain. Now, here's the way this is going to go on the roof cleaning. It's a different, completely different process from cleaning the exterior of your home. We cannot pressure that the algae and bacteria off of the roof. It, it, in order to, we clean according to the shingle manufacturer's specifications. It's very much a soft a soft wash process and those dead cells can take time to slough off. We may need a couple of rains in order for that to, for that process. It's more of a process. Sometimes it's not an immediate gratification. Like if we clean the exterior of your home, it's going to be perfect when we leave, when we're finished and roof cleaning can be more of a process. So just kind of giving them enough to know. And so what, will probably happen, Mr. Homeowners, you know, when you get home, your roof, you may still notice some um, streaking and some discoloration. There may be a hazy look to it, completely normal, you know, completely mm -hmm. normal. And we need to have a couple of good rains and just kind of explaining that process because, and I'll get back to my point, um, if they can't, like, so say we didn't do that and, and they come home and they see the roof, Right. And they're immediately can kind right. of get on the war path at that point. Well, what else didn't get clean? You know, now they're walking around looking at this and that and really with a magnifying glass trying to find, you know, what else we missed or um, it can kind of tend to snowball, you know, from there, if you will, you know, so. Right. Right. And uh, so in the cleaning world, our thing was if the client's home was pretty dirty and hadn't had a good cleaning in a while, then there, you just couldn't avoid it. The dust that you would right. stir up in cleaning the home would leave a layer of dust, even though you dusted. And so we would really have to educate the client because, you know, they have this home that they haven't cleaned well in a year plus and they're expecting immaculate. And then, you know, we really had to educate them on um, it's a process. And so anyway, yeah, it, those are all learning lessons, right? Uh, you know, that you, you're like, oh, yeah, we should have explained that. And, you know, the same goes for your employees. I really believe in education and communication because so many times our employees also get mad about something and it it's just the way you have to do things and it's just part of your process, but they weren't involved. Um, right. I would love to hear. So it sounds like, you know, it's, it was definitely a team effort and I would love to hear like when you had those service issues and you had to return. How did you get people? Because uh, I'm sure you had some employees that you really had to get on board with. Okay, this isn't just a client being nitpicky and being hard to deal with. Um, this is what we do. Service is what we do. So explain some of that process, how you'd get them on board. 
you know, work ethic to, I, I mean, to me, I mean, they can have all the training. I mean, training, 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 training is so critical and crucial. We all, we all know this. Um, it's extremely important. It's hard to instill pride of work and work ethic, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Um, but we can try that, you know, basically just sitting down with the employee and, you know, explaining the situation, asking again, asking some questions, mm -hmm. you know, what happened. And it is important to have processes, you know, in place there for who is in charge of what. Mm -hmm. If we have a project manager and a technician who does what from the minute you pull up for the project. Right. Who is doing what? So one person needs to, in, in our industry anyway, so one person needs to be walking around looking for any pre-existing damage to uh, document that. And so take pictures with cell phone, you know, that sort of thing. Um, maybe the technician at that point is unreeling, you know, unrolling hoses. And then who's in charge of taping outlets and taping any electrical components, you know, maybe there's an, a beautiful wooden door that needs to be masked off. Who is in charge of what? So you can eliminate a lot of ambiguity and confusion. If everyone has a very clear structure of what they, what their duties are, you know, mm -hmm. and then upon completion of the, all the way through the project, you know, if he's spraying, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? And, and so forth. So just having a very clear job description, if you will, and list of duties. And then most importantly, also, or equally as important, um, who is in charge of going and reviewing all the work on the property before um, leaving, you know, and, and signing that, that project off as completed, you know, right. so really kind of walking through those, those processes. And, you know, oftentimes I think that, it's a situation where um, maybe that last part was missed, you know, with the really looking at the property, because mm -hmm. how many times do we look at something? I know I'm really bad about this. You know, are we looking to really look and see, or are we just kind of walk in the house because it's a motion that we need to complete, you right. know, really get in there and, and, you know, take a deep, long, hard look. And um, so maybe just going back and reiterating that and, trying to, I, I think we all get busy and we want to do a great job. We have a lot of work. Hopefully we're very blessed to be so busy, but also slowing down and really taking notice of what the end result was. Would you be happy with this if it were your home or your business? You know, yeah. Yeah. Kind of just reiterating that and just keeping it fresh. It's easy to kind of, to me, you know, get off target, you know, on things and right. uh, just kind of coming back to those basics. Right. Right. Yeah. We, we did something sneaky that um, probably most people wouldn't do, but we in training, cause you mentioned it has to be, I mean, basically the person has to be willing to have pride in their work and care. Yeah. And if you don't have those elements, you know, it's, you're not going to get it. So right. we did some kind of trick training where we would try and trigger them. Uh, we purposely would try to trigger them to see if like basically would have them correct things multiple times that weren't 
wrong and but we'd say they're wrong and that you needed to redo it and so what we were looking for was was the person like puzzled and going okay i don't get it but okay or if you could trigger an attitude where they start kind of like there's nothing wrong with that you know blah 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 and i always said you know in the first few days if they show you that just take six months and yeah you know who knows what they'll do <laughs> so right. yeah 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 okay well thank you so much i'm gonna toss you back to tay and uh she's gonna start us off with some homework Awesome. Hopefully everyone was taking notes during that. I know I was uh, brought out my notepad and paper for a couple, a couple notes jotted down. But um, if you don't have a notebook or piece of paper or your notes open in your phone, I recommend doing that at this time because we are going to talk about homework. If you are new to the show and this is your first time listening, we do assign homework each week. So we do only ask that you choose one piece of homework because we're going to throw five pieces at you. Um, most of today is going to be centered around sales. We talked a lot about sales and the different processes involved in that. So you can just choose one point in your sales process that each of us give homework on to be able to really focus on this week and then maybe move to the next one next week if sales is really your pain point. Um, we do have an accountability group that you can join. You can ask us questions. You can be able to pick our brains on something if you're stuck on the homework. That will be, um, we'll drop that in the comments if you aren't already a part of it. And then um, just, yeah, just please pick one. That's, that's just my biggest thing I can remind you of. So marketing wise, we talked a lot about feelings and the customer's why. So this week, I want you to really be intentional about listening, actively listening, as Tanya said, and choosing to listen to your customers why, not to listen to speak. I think that's a really big problem with business owners. We listen to speak. We don't listen to understand sometimes. So if we're listening to understand our clients why, we'll be able to serve them better as a business owner and as a business. So that's going to be your marketing homework for this week. Note taker, sorry, I'm coming. Okay, uh, for finance homework, uh, I want you to think about how you could impact the sale as the person on the phone. So I, and it, maybe that means taking a few calls. I talk to owners all the time and they're like, I haven't answered the phone in 12 years. And I'm like, well, maybe it would be a good time to just answer a call or two and kind of see what's going on on the phone. And I want you to think about from that first impression of answering with a smile and your greeting to how you mirror, I love how Tanya said, how you mirror what the customer's saying, how you mirror the rate of your speech, how you mirror how quickly you're gonna get off the phone or get through the sale, right? How, how you mirror your mannerisms, like the expressions that you use. Um, I want you to think through all of these opportunities while you're on that one call to really connect, empathize, and relate to the customer to make that sale easier. I also want you to start thinking about what are the questions that need to happen on that call? Um, I, I've found that asking good questions that are on a script for our CSRs is really helpful. Mrs. Jones, when was the last time you had your windows cleaned? Mrs. Jones, when was the last time you had your gutters cleaned? Mrs. Jones, mm. how's your roof looking? Mrs. Jones, do you think the solar panels need us to take a look at it? Really thinking through what are some questions that you can integrate into that call 
every time and having a list of questions that you can then set your CSR up for success with. So I guess your finance homework has nothing to do with finance <laughs> except sales is how we bring in all the money, right? And I want you to take a call. I want you to think about the questions that you do. And I want you to think about that customer experience on the phone. What are things that you do naturally that then we want to train your admin to do when they're answering the phone? So that is your, your finance homework this week. Good stuff. And your systems homework is really cool because it just came to me while we were listening and talking to each other. And I want you to lay out what is the system for your follow-ups? What does that look like? Do you have it organized in a fashion or documented for your company? What happens when that complaint call comes in? What kicks off the series of responses after the field You know, folks go back out? What do you do as the owner? What does your CSR do? What does your office manager do? What happens? Like, how does that customer feel like they were heard and listened to? And what does that system sort of look like? And can you just make a little bullet point list on what your expectations are? I think you might find a few holes there or a few opportunities um, to be able to touch your customer one more time and really solidify that relationship, even in the face of a complaint. So I'm going to ask you to write that down this week. That's your homework for systems. Okay. And people homework, it can go towards a client and or an employee. But I want you to think about the things that people are commonly upset about. So I mentioned about on a deep clean, we stir up lots of dust and we would get complaints from people because that dust settles. It's not like we have a air vac pulling it all in. So we learned that we had to educate them ahead of time. Our paychecks were an issue with the employees, like especially when we play, paid commission, they didn't understand um, and they felt cheated on their pay. And so we knew that we had to really sit down and explain that to them. And we did a lot of education ahead of time so that, you know, when you have a disgruntled employee, typically those employees don't come to you the first time they're upset with you. They come to you when they really don't want to take it anymore. Um, and that's kind of too late. So think about those pieces that you need to do some proactive education on. Awesome. Does Tonya, do you have any homework you'd like to give? You know, um, yeah. Uh, oh, and getting back. And I love that, Martha, because that's exactly you're exactly spot on with that. You know, and oftentimes, you know, there are folks out there that you will not know if they're unhappy. Uh, mm -hmm. Next thing you know, you have a Google review, you know, yeah. it's like, wow, you know, if I would have just been more in contact and been on that and been in the queue on that, Mm -hmm. I could have resolved that and that would have been a positive Google review, you know? Right. So I think the homework, my home, I, I would like to see um, contact a couple of previous clients and maybe shoot for three positive Google reviews, you know, um, or maybe not three, one, start with one. But, um, <laughs> you know, so oftentimes people, you know, they, they want to help small businesses um, or, you know, any business doesn't have to be a real small business, but um, you can 
ask them for, you know, let them know, hey, if you're a Google review kind of person, you know, it really helps us a lot. And uh, they're very powerful, you know, with your SEO and capturing that business. Everything is so Internet driven. Um, so I would like to see uh, maybe get some Google reviews up, you know, kind of those a little bit. I love that. I love that. So thank you so much, Tanya. Let's talk really quickly while all of us are together about our event in Nashville. It is um, March 10th and 11th, Thursday and Friday in Nashville at Opryland in some fabulous hotels. So we're going to lay out the, um, the uh, website here in the comments, but everyone on the screen here is going to be teaching some sessions and we're going to be doing a lot. So sending your admin um, to cut out the chaos of their job and set them up with some incredibly cool strategies to be able to perform better for your business is really the goal for us. Um, we are so thrilled to see those uh, seats being filled. We've got an incredible lineup of speakers. Like I said, all the folks here on the screen are going to bring every bit of value that they absolutely can to this event. Um, I just ordered swag yesterday, and I got to tell you guys, the swag game is strong. So all of you admins out there that might be listening, tell the owner of your business, tell your ops person, tell somebody that you want to come to this thing because we're going to be giving away incredible systems, incredible understanding of finance, marketing, sales, and people, and you get some pretty cool swag. So it's going to be really, really fun. <laughs> I'm excited. And um, I feel so, like I just yeah. want to address for a second. I've been hearing from some owners that they're nervous about sending their admin. Like it's a really yeah. big investment and they're not sure if that admin's going to be around for a long time or if they're the perfect fit. And they, they, there's some hesitation there. We, it's yeah. so easy for us to invest in ourselves as owners. Like, I feel like that's how we all have gotten to know each other. I feel like that's the natural thing to do. We pay money. We go to a conference. We learn a lot. We take it back. We execute it. And it doesn't yeah. seem to feel natural to invest in our admin staff, even though they're probably one of the most essential positions in our company, right? They're the ones that help make everything else flow. So I, I've been talking to a couple of owners who have been on the fence about this. And I've said, one of the cool things about this training is the admin is going to be executing and implementing systems for your business while at the conference. These are things mm -hmm. that they're going to be doing while they're learning and they're going to come home with, like when they get back on that plane, these systems are going to be built out and done for your company. And I feel like there's so much value to me as an owner to have those systems customized for my company. And I don't have time to do it. I don't really have the experience or expertise of being on the phone all day, every day to do it. So to me, if you're hesitating, cause you're like, I don't know if my admin's the right person. What if this training could elevate them to become the right person? That's step yeah. one. Would that be amazing? And step yeah. two is what if this training could help them build out a system that could really elevate the next person that comes behind them? So I just yeah. I wanted to say that publicly because I've been hearing a lot of this hesitation from owners. Yeah. I know it's expensive. I know it doesn't feel super great to invest in an admin staff, but I'm going to challenge you because the investment will pay off. It absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. It will. Yes. hundred percent. It will. Libby okay. Say, hired attraction coach for coach for her office staff and it was the best investment she'd ever made. Very worth it. So thanks Libby for sharing. So that. good. So good. Okay, Tanya, we always end with a quote and this one kind of uh, was wandering through this episode today and I really liked it and it is by Nat Turner. And they said that good communication is the bridge between confusion and clarity. 
So get clear out there, people. Love, <laughs> Keep yes. using good okay. communication. And I think that that'll really help your business soar this year. So, and thank you, Tanya, for joining thank us you. on the Fight Club. Thank this you. was super fun. So and everybody much. have an awesome day out there. We really appreciate you tuning in every time and hopefully join the group and we'll have a great day. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.